Hey, Marcus, do you like movies? Yes, I do. Do you like action movies and good old film criticism that isn't afraid to kick you in the ass and have a cold one afterwards? Definitely. That's what I thought. This is Zebras in America, episode 123. We are still recording in quarantine world from the silo, but hopefully if you're listening to that episode, this episode in the future, then that's not the case. We are joined here by a wonderful guest, a returning guest. Uh, we have Outlaw Vern, uh, you know, film, film writer extraordinaire, a guy that we get a lot of our inspiration from. You are you are you are here almost uh, almost a hundred percent episodes ago. So I mean, you're on episode sixty six. So it's almost half ago. Whatever. I'm not good at math. You know. You know, Vern. There's uh, three types of people in this world: uh, people that know how to count and people that don't. You know what I'm. I agree. So, Outlaw Vern, would you like to introduce yourself, my friend? I think you already did. That's fair enough. I we've been trying to have you on since since the amazing benchmark of you having twenty years of movie criticism, and uh, you know, we had some things we had to deal with, some personal stuff. But now we're here, and we're in the clear, and we're we're happy to have you. Uh, what's been going on in your world as far as movies go? What have you been liking? What have you been enjoying? Uh. Well, I've been in the apartment. There are no movie theaters. Uh, so I've been uh, doing a lot of streaming, which is not usually my thing. I actually prefer re actually renting Blu-rays and stuff from the, from the video store. Uh, but I'm very happy that Extraction came out on Netflix. That was the most recent uh, action movie I saw. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, so tell us about Extraction. So Extraction is is a Chris Hemsworth movie, and it's directed by Sam Hargrave, uh, who's the like a longtime coordinator. Yeah, he's a longtime stuntman, and he's kind of known as the stunt double for Captain America. Uh, but to me, he's amazing because he was the stunt coordinator for Atomic Blonde. So uh, he shot a, a lot of movie. those. Yeah. And uh, he was also the action director on Wolf Warrior Two. Uh, did you see that one? Chinese movie. No, I, I, I did. I did. Yeah. It's uh, kind of like Chinese Rambo, uh, but it has good action scenes. And um, so I was excited that he was directing a movie. And then it turns out to actually be a really good movie, in my opinion. It's uh, it's kind of the old classic uh, burnt out mercenary guy has to rescue a kidnapped kid and learns emotional truths from it. Uh, but it has amazing yeah. action. Uh, it's got a, it's kind of been hyped up for having this, uh, you know, simulated one take sequence that's like 11 minutes long or something like that, which is actually really well done. And uh, it, yeah, I, yeah, I watched it this week. I really enjoyed the pacing and the action. And I've noticed that, you know, like the movie you just mentioned, Atomic Blonde, uh, stunt stunt coordinators are really making a jump in action film directing right now. So you have, you know, Kevin Kevin Leach who did Atomic Blonde. You obviously uh, David Leach. The, the, David yeah. Leach, sorry. Um, and then you have like, you know, the John Wick movies that are, you know, uh, Deadpool's and all these movies. It turns out that stunt coordinators 
know a thing or two about action movies. <laughs> and yeah, even though Extraction follows, you know, a, a classic trope of of the you know disenfranchised soldier of fortune who is trying to find something to believe in, since this clearly foreshadowable tragedy that has befallen him. It was good. It was a good movie. Yeah, that what was really think, Marcus. Sorry. Uh, really good. It's actually the um, yeah the story itself is it's fine, but that comes secondary to me to like the fight choreography, the action, you know, choreography, it's like, um, <clears throat> not to spoil too much, but it was, but like in my review of it, you know, I'm going to post, you know, in a couple of days, I was just saying so, uh, so many of the movies that have been named thus far, along with something like a born or even the cinematography and children of men, it's just one of those things where like, if you liked all these aforementioned movies, I don't see how you can't dislike extraction, at least from like an action standpoint, you know, it's got, you know, little pinches of raid, uh, mainly the first oh, one, and it also just oh, like yeah. there's in that whole long sequence where him and uh, the character Sage, you you know, they're fighting, they fall out the window, they both fall at the same time, get up and kind of continue their fight. Um, although to some degree, it kind of took it to another level because there's little details where like they both pull out their knives and this like guy on a bicycle delivering stuff like drives <laughs> by and it like I was gonna it, mention it, that it, I it's love all that. <laughs> it, it's all still within the same take. Um, so, so little stuff like that was cool. I, I did like, I, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you over on what's your, I mean, I'm, you're on Twitter, you know, quite a bit, maybe not as much as me, but like, I don't know if you've seen the video and there's been other videos similar where they kind of criticize and talk about movies that take place in like foreign countries. How there's always this like yellowish tint, uh, Oh. <laughs> over it because th this one definitely does have it. I have my own opinion on that criticism, that. but what, what uh, I mean, did, did you that do that does happen like even those kickboxer remakes or yeah. just like any of those Michael J. White direct to video movies that have scenes in Thailand yeah. in Asia, there is off yellowish tint. I don't know what that's about. Some of it, I'm I sure, has to do with Netflix color grading and. And I just always take like it to from, mean. From, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just take it to mean that it's hot. Which, yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, hot yeah. but there's yeah. this weird. It's almost like a campaign of just like this is what's wrong with this movie, and it's because they're because the same video. It's like a side by side comparison where they take how the movie was being filmed and put it next to like the scene of the movie, and it's just like normal lighting, and then you have this like yellowish tint on it. But it's almost like. To some degree, it feels like a detriment to seeing the movie because a lot of people are just like treating it as if it like ruins the movie. And it's like there's so many movies that have tints, you know, to it from like certain Von Trier films to, you know, Refn. But it just seems like people are talking about that more than, yeah, uh, but you also, know, like, sometimes it's so frustrating. People, sometimes people don't even know what the, t what the hell they're talking about because so many movies, even in their remastering, have interesting tints and there's there's all sorts of transfers and Netflix color grading only recently got palatable in my opinion. And what I thought was really awesome about this movie is that the action sequences, even though they were relentless panic attack upon panic attack, yeah. it had it just had more grit and more interesting feelings than say Six Underground or whatever that movie was called that Michael Bay did for Netflix where there yeah, were Six lots Underground of with yeah, that one. yeah it had yeah. all this action but I wasn't really 
connected to the characters where this movie is just, yes, yeah, it's, it's a basic movie that could have happened in, in any country where, yeah. you know, drug Lords have control. This, this drug Lord kidnaps another drug Lords kid and his enforcer hires a so- soldier of fortune with a haggard past to save the kid, but he sort of doesn't have his, doesn't have the money. So he has his own side story and to me, what really makes a good action movie, besides the action, obviously, is the characters. So the character of Saju was just so awesome. What, yeah, I wanted yeah, to mention was. that. he's he's. It, I wasn't surprised when I learned that he's like a big star in Hindi movies. Because he, at first I kind of like assumed he would be just kind of the generic henchman guy. And then I quickly started going like, who is this guy? You know, he's got a... A good presence to him and it becomes more and more interesting as it goes along and he, he, um, th- their bond in a weird way kind of reminded me of like i don't I, I, well not bond but just like something happens we're not going to give away too many spoilers but something happens between you know seiju and tyler rake that in a way reminded me of pro wrestling where it's just like you have these crazy fights and then you have to like kind of come together but there's still this like, you beat the shit out of me. I beat the shit out of you. But we have to like do this thing t- together. That it, I, I always find that interesting because it's just like if I had a fight with you like that, I wouldn't want to be your friend. I, I'd still probably, hate you. But it's just, one of, yeah, I, I just I always find it interesting. But in movies, but it's, it's always but, I mean, great. this is also oh yeah, absolutely. This is also something that happens in like all comic books and comic book movies. Yeah, true, and this dude true. works on comic book movies like. The best thing about a crossover That's with a like point, yeah. Wolverine or like Wolverine and Batman, it's first they're going to fight and then they're <laughs> going to find their common way to, to figure out how to kick the butts of the bad guys. But when there's moral gray areas, this reminded me a, a bit of, you know, uh, The Night Comes for Us, which was one of my favorite Netflix action movies of the past couple of years. Definitely. Yeah, you have that. this, you know, well, that's like Southeast Asia. This is South Asia. Just characters uh, that are morally gray deciding that they no longer want to do that. And but also being un- being relentless with the violence. But in a way, because sometimes I feel so desensitized to violence so a movie like the night comes for us or this movie reminds me like oh no violence still is horrifying to me <laughs> that's definitely true especially night for come night the night comes for us did it anyone really else it. Oh, i'm sorry go ahead my bad no, I'm just saying it, it just pushes it to a level where you're you know you're laughing and having a fun time but you're like wincing and 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 you know horrified by some of the things that happened in that yeah did anyone catch was anyone else kind of like especially like with extraction just like even the little grunts that chris hemsworth does you know throughout the movie like i'm not saying this is you know extraction is the first movie to do that but there's definitely not a lot of movies where like in the middle of a fight like as you throw a punch you like let out a grunt like that kind of added to it more like that definitely hit hit me a little more It, it like there's a scene this movie's not very good but there's a scene um 
what's the movie with Ben Foster? Alpha, Al- Alpha Dog. When he's in that, there's that party scene, and he like stomps on this guy, he like grunts as he as as he steps on this guy's head or neck or whatever. Um, I always, I, I think that added a lot. Little details like that made extraction like really, really good. Like little spittles, little things like that, just right down to the little. And going back to what Scott said, it's like it would make sense that like a stunt coordinator and like a stunt man would know little things like that. Yeah, he's gonna want that little those little flourishes just how you can sort of tell when a mu- when a director has some understanding of music or a director has some understanding of of fashion i mean say what you will of tom ford's movies but they all are all styled very well everyone's oh, no dressed question. real nice you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so <laughs> it makes sense that this person whose language is you know kin- kinesthetic action is going to be able to to have that and you know there, there's just there have been a lot of pretty great netflix action movies you know Vern, you're you're a, you you celebrate dt action movies and and give them reviews and writings about them in a way that i really feel honors the films and and is sincere and ironic just sees things for what they are it must be a treat for you for some of these things just showing up on on direct to video like uh the the excellent uh triple threat or or even this the extraction or triple frontier you know yeah it's interesting i um, polar yeah i was going to mention those both of those actually cuz i um i i looked up when i was on your show before and i kind of went through my reviews since then and i like wrote some stuff down to in case you asked about, you know, straight to video movies since then. And I, and like probably about half of them I wrote down were, were made for Netflix. Yeah. And um, I, I mostly see it as being different because they have a lot higher production values in there. A lot of oh, them, yeah. like, like I, I really wish that I had been able to see The Night Comes for Us in, with an audience. It clearly seems designed for that. Uh, a, a friend of mine, a couple of my yeah, friends go to Fantastic Fest. Yeah. That's yeah, a midnight they, movie if I ever saw one. Oh yeah, absolutely. This a friend of mine, like whenever it comes up, he always says there were seven applause breaks when they when he talks about Fantastic Fest playing it. Uh, but there's actually one. So like there's that one. I um, close the the Nomi Rapace movie that I mentioned as being similar to to Extraction. Um, she plays oh, yeah. a yeah. She's like a grizzled bodyguard to a rich girl that gets kidnapped yeah. um you mentioned polar yeah i like that one uh it's very kind of john wick mixed with uh smoke and aces or something kind of crazy spastic oh yeah cartoonish yeah. uh and then trip yeah did, did you guys like triple frontier triple frontier triple frontier i thought was one of those movies that gets a bad rep for no reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think people maybe just didn't see the movie. It's just a pretty decent action movie about one. It kind of sucks that people who fight for our country come home and don't have any money. And two, greed is a motherfucker. And you yeah. see the the character changes throughout the movie are really actually fairly complex. And 
The cinematography is beautiful. A lot of these Netflix direct-to-video action movies have gorgeous, luscious cinematography, have, yeah. have very expensive scores, you know. And so even some of the DTV movies that, we, that you and I am sure like, you know, Avengement, Accident Man, The Debt Collector, you know, they have smaller production values. So to see these movies with higher production values and then people are like, oh, it sucks. I'm like, did you see it? Now, don't get me wrong. I know that I'm the only person that enjoyed. Um, he wouldn't want to know. That's not the last thing he wanted. Excuse me. The Netflix movie. I know I'm the only person that, that didn't oh, like that. I don't know that one. That did like that. But there's a lot of action movies that people are just giving a bad review to and I don't think they've seen them. Triple Threat being one of them. Birds of or Prey maybe, definitely being yeah. another one of them. Yep. Yeah, I um, like that one too. And maybe it's also that we're looking at them as action, like people who love action movies and want to see things that other people would dismiss as being a cliche or something, as something that is an exciting traditional thing for us to enjoy in a movie. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I think... I really dug in Triple Frontier that it's like both it's a military movie and a heist movie in a way that kind mm-hmm. of shows a, like a blurry line between the two in a in you know it's got kind of a commentary to it that 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 is interesting but it's it also just works on the level of the of a genre movie at the same time. Right, and I just I like when movies are just are doing things on many different levels, like Three Kings or something, you know. Where yeah. you think where you think it's one thing, and then you, as you uncover it, you realize there's there's more going on to it. Oh, another you, uh, yeah, no, another yellow tinted movie. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, you're right. That movie, <laughs> that's the that's, that movie is pretty pretty. That's yellow the beginning tinted. of it, right? I think it, that it might could be because that was '99. So yeah, because at first I was thinking, you know, like Black Hawk Down would have been the first one, but that was '01. So yeah, I mean, I think. Three Kings might have set all that off. I think that might have been the movie that um, that was kind of infamous at the time that people like complained at the movie theaters that something was wrong with the projection or something because they weren't used to seeing things that look like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to mention one. I don't know if you are familiar this, with this one called The Hard Way with Michael Jai White. Oh, uh, yeah. No, oh, yeah, no, that movie's awesome. That that <laughs> was a Netflix movie, I think. Yeah, I don't know if they produced it, but I I'm pretty sh- as far as I know, it hasn't come out on DVD. So it's like the only it's the only straight to streaming one that he's done that I know of. Uh, but it's well, there's tri- I mean, there's triple there's triple threat and Accident Man, though he's he's you know not major characters. And then well, those also... also came out on disc, though. They, they, oh, they, they did. Were, oh, yeah. They're on VOD, and then they have DVDs and Blu-rays of them. But the hard way, as far as I know, doesn't actually have a. At least at one point, it didn't have a DVD. But, um, but I enjoyed it. It's not a great movie, like, like anything else we've mentioned so far, or like Blood and Bone, which is my favorite with him. But it's, uh, it reminded yeah. me of the like early 2000s Steven Seagal straight to video movies where it's like a combination of him being cool and funny in it and then just being kind of a crappy movie in a in a kind of funny way with the way it's put together and everything um but he's just great in it 
And if I can just, if I could just go back one, one thing with, um, that I wanted to say about Triple Frontier is my mother, my mother taught me, told me a story that turned out to be apocryphal uh, later in life. But I think it's a, it's a really important, it's a really beautiful story, even though it's not true. Um, And I may have talked about it on, on the podcast before, but when Picasso came out and was really art on his toes and just doing something very different that people hadn't heard before. Some, some critics said, Oh, well, he could draw all this Cubist shit, but can he draw an apple? He can't draw an apple, you know? And he, to prove his haters wrong, he drew an apple and it was the most beautiful apple. It was the perfect apple. And to show that he really did know that skill or, or, you know, to give an actual example, because again, I later found out that this beautiful story that my mother told me was not true. Um, people would criticize Sun Ra, the piano, the jazz piano player from space, that he wasn't a good piano player because he was an avant-garde piano player. But he would sometimes start his shows with Bach preludes and to just show how much of a prodigy he was as a piano player but chose to do something different. Triple Frontier, it, it might be a cliche, but it's a good fucking apple. That that was my rant. I'm, I hope. <laughs> yeah, no, completely uh, agree. Yeah. Who's app, Who's and drawing the apple in this case? The, the Triple Frontier is the apple. Okay. <laughs> and I really do love Never Back Down 2 with Michael J. White, by the way. Because oh, I practice. I practice Brazilian jiu-jitsu and there's some cool uh, 10th planet style jiu-jitsu in that one. He directed that one too. Oh, he, oh yeah. And, and again, never back down three. Uh, he's in a lot of movies, you know, he's, he's in a lot of s- movies where he's in the sequels and not, not the original. <laughs> but That's true. Undisputed. Never back down three was to Thailand. Undercover brother. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, part two of that series I think is pretty great because it's got these main characters that are young guys, like in the first movie, and they're not as cool. But then he's there—he's kind of like their Mr. Miyagi, and every time he's on screen, he's so exciting. He's—he's just—he—he he gives them cool training methods, and he—and he beats up a cop with. Yeah, it's the second one, right? He gets handcuffed. Yeah, the second he, one, he's just like—he's just like I don't give a shit. I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> Like, yeah, and but he's also like doing kata with Shogun Rua, and genuinely, he's not a bad dude. He just doesn't give a shit. And I just, yeah, I just like that he was the anti, the anti Mr. Miyagi, and not in like a uh, way, not in like that movie where Billy Blanks is Mr. Miyagi. You know, uh, oh, which one is that? Eighties movie. It's you know, oh, it's a yeah. ripoff. Uh, Oh, yeah, there's like this undercover high school uh, fighting ring going. Billy Banks is the janitor. Oh. This new kid. It's like, yeah, it's like Karate Kid mixed with like Billy I'm going to have to look that up. That sounds like my kind of movie. Oh, what there is There's some very interesting scenes, but it's not, it's not, it's not a great movie. But <laughs> I think the thing is great, great is in the eye, eye of the beholder. Even, um, you know, a very controversial movie that came out last year, Dragged Across Concrete. Michael J. White was really good in that movie. He was. 
I wish his name wasn't Biscuit. Right, that was weird. That movie, that that movie was uh, that movie was 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 controversial. I mean, he's he's con- the direct Craig uh, Zeller Zeller is pretty controversial because he intentionally likes to be, which is a, a, a little corny. But uh, hmm. uh, what do yeah, you I mean? Re- What's that? Like, uh, what do you mean by that? Oh, well, just, well, without, how do I say Well, there, there's two things going on. In interviews, he loves being the, like, I'm not politically incorrect. I like I, I like being politically un-incorrect, you know, which it's like, when you have to force it like that, it's just kind of like, okay, I see, you're you're just trying to get a rise out of people and, and whatever, and he's, you know, his, his, you, you, I'm talking about him. You can kind of see how he's quite, uh, he feels a little nationalist some of the jokes in his movies like right. especially like assault on cell or not assault uh cell 99 cell block 99 brawl. there's like huh what's that brawl, 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 on cell brawl brawl on cell, yeah it's like there's certain jokes in that movie where it's just like i don't want to say was it necessary because put whatever you want in a movie but I'm, I'm gonna react a certain way it's just very like um, yeah he's right, trying I'd to see. take it to the next like like like, like he's trying he's, he's he's doing the tarantino thing like but but like turning it up a lot where he's like, Hey, I'm not saying nigger. It's my characters that are saying it. I'm not racist. It's just, I'm just writing my oh, yeah. characters I'm, to say the word every other five minutes. That, that, right. that, that, and that's I'm not, all. and I'm not saying that's cool. Yeah, I also, yeah, yeah. I also do believe that, that directors owe nobody anything. I don't Definitely. think, I don't think art has, has a responsibility. I will yeah. say this very controversial statement that dragged across concrete was definitely better than like the past three Quentin Tarantino movies, which is not saying a lot, but I thought it was a very interesting neo-noir movie that occasionally had a heart of gold, but definitely Hmm. went into places about cop and people relations that I thought was insensitive to say the least. But it was an interesting movie. Oh, just just to uh, cut in, just to cut in real quick, that Billy Blanks movie is Showdown. Uh, before before we got hit with some technical difficulties, I I was asking you, Vern, if you liked if you had seen or liked Drag Across Concrete, and I also wanted to say hi, Doug. <laughs> uh, I really struggled with it, really, because I I I really liked Brawl and Cell Block Ninety Nine a lot. Yeah, I, I saw it pretty I late, and it's just this—it's just the style of it, the kind of tone of it. It reminds me of like pulp novels that I love, the way that it like, uh, you know, like spends all the time to show him going and stealing a car and putting a different license plate on it, and all this kind of process stuff that is not really necessary. And then just the way it kind of builds to this ridiculous, gory fighting and. Um, I don't know. It just it was just really my style. And then when I saw Dragged Across Concrete, it's kind of the same way where there's so much about it that I love, but then I also found it really repugnant at the same time. Right. Which, there, which, there, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. I definitely think it's true that he's that he's intentionally trying to push the buttons of people like me, and I understand that and everything. But it's also like the you know I. 
the way that things are happening in our country right now and everything, it's not, I don't have, it's hard for me to respect someone who thinks that, that, that we, you know, that it's okay to joke about certain things at this moment or to, to like provoke us to think that maybe he's some kind of white supremacist or something, which I don't think he is, but he seems to think that, that it's, that it's kind of like rebellious to kind right. of make people uncomfortable that way. And I just like, right. And, and, and he'll claim is, that he'll, and he'll claim uh, that he's only, you know, he, he has no alliance, whatever, but he only likes to challenge what, which he'll probably, you know, the libs, which he seems like the kind of guy who actually says that, but it's kind of like, I just feel like, Oh, own up to what you believe too. Like there's too much playful, like, uh, right. I'm saying this one, I believe, but that doesn't mean I and, believe it's like, just, just own up, just, be a man, like just stand behind and what I, you, you know. And I still think Dragged Across Concrete is better than a lot of the last few Quentin Tarantino movies, which mm-hmm. is not saying a lot. And right. to go back to something that we were saying earlier about how he's like, I'm not political, I'm just not politically correct. And I think there's a huge difference between political what people are calling political correctness versus just like human decency or, you know, uh, yeah. po- political correctness has become coded language for not wanting to be held accountable for being insensitive about certain topics. And it's just an easy go-to. It's, it's a shorthand. It's like, Oh, Oh, I'm not being politically correct. And like, no, because I don't believe in censorship of any kind. I don't believe I do in fact believe that a lot of quote unquote political correctness and optics gets in the way of a lot of discourse, but there's a difference between being polite and being decent and and no one's trying to censor you because they think that it's in poor taste to make fun of police violence as young black and brown men yeah you know and it's easy to say that it's that you're not political when you're just you're putting your politics into the movie but it doesn't count as political because it's just you know it's 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 to, to to someone like that. It's only political if it's someone else's politics, and if it's their own, then yes, right. it's just normal. I mean, and that's really a, a privileged point of view. That's something I've noticed in into arguments in my grad school with people that are on certain political viewpoints. They're like, "When did everything get political?" And I'm like, "One, everything is political." It's just all of a sudden things started getting political in a, in a milieu that doesn't work with your political beliefs. So now, A, you're noticing it, and B, it's upsetting you. Where, where for some reason, if like certain people on the right only accept diverse movies if they don't talk about the fact that the characters are diverse. If you somehow talk about the diversity of a movie, then this movie's PC or this movie's, this movie's for the libs where again, that's ridiculous Two, There's also a lot of people on the left that are, that are upset about saying certain words or certain things being presented in movies. But I think a perfect example of, of a movie that, that Pete, that got lambasted on people on the left and on the right without even seeing it is birds of prey. It's just a good action movie. Right. With great stunts, yeah. a good story, characters you care about, practical effects. In my yeah. in my mind, the movie's not political 
in the way that people think it is at all. Yeah, it's crazy. I agree. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it was weaponized be. before it even came out. Unfortunately. Yeah, I, think, Unfortunately. I think I've stayed away from most of that, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting that it's just, to me, it's exciting that we're, we've gotten to an age in movies where we're starting to see more, more, you know, not, maybe not enough, but more diversity in, in front of the camera and behind the camera, mostly in front of, um, but it like the idea that it would be upsetting to someone is just so ridiculous, especially if, like, yeah, like it wouldn't even occur to me to be political that like, oh, it's cool that a woman directed this and and it's about women. And like my wife was really excited that there was a part during a fight when one of them handed a, a hair tie to, uh, I, I forget which character handed a hair tie to another character right. so yeah. that she could tie up her hair. And it was something yeah. that I didn't even pick up on at all. But to a woman, it was right. like she knew that a woman directed this movie because she knew to put that detail in there. And you know, right. like how how it's not political. It's just like a nice thing that there's more that there's that there's a little bit more of that in in movies now. And it's just yeah, it's just and it's crazy it's to me that a, anybody would be upset about right. that. It's such a strange thing to be upset about. One and two. Let's let's work on this logical fallacy. Let's 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 play let's play this game for a second. This logical fallacy. That's how um, all all these all these diverse populations are getting more work and getting more opportunities. And let's say that white men are getting less creative jobs. Let's say that's happening, though I I'm not really sure that that's happening. Just 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 work hard, dude. Like you know, like like you know, white dudes like would have just said make good before. shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, what's that, Vern? Well, yeah, it's just like, like, maybe it might be harder in the scenario you're describing. It might be harder for a white person, but that just means that they were, that it was harder for someone else before, and they're just, you know, now it's shifting a little bit. Right. In like intersectionality doesn't mean that one person has to suffer for other people to have equity and equality. It means yeah. that that rules and ideas that help that help people that historically have had less access will actually help everybody. And I just I just I don't think I, I think diversity and representation is great and it's important. And you know if if your wife get, sees a movie and sees that hair tie and feels seen or just enjoys it, like why why would that be a bad thing? Or me and yeah. Marcus were talking about like say what you will about Wonder Woman or whatever, which I still think is a good movie, but like seeing little little girls like punching and doing like really being excited about that character after the movie was inspiring. Yeah, like, exactly. How can you not be moved by that, even if you if it wasn't a movie you were into? But also at the same time, I've just as a person who loves watching movies, even even separate of all those important issues, it's like it's just exciting to have different types of characters with you know that look different and have have different perspectives. You know, it's just like a little bit of variety in storytelling. It doesn't even have to be even if you're an ignorant person who doesn't 
doesn't have empathy for other people, it still right. at least you can say like it's not all the same, the same character over and over again. There's a little bit more variety. Right, because yeah. characters from different areas and from different backgrounds, different genders, different socioeconomic classes, they're going to have stories and perspective and point of views that you may not have ever seen. And that's going to create stories and new stories and new ideas or twists on stories that you haven't heard of. And I think all in all, it becomes good for the viewer and, and enjoyable for, I think all in all, it's good. It's good for, for, for creativity. It's good for morale. Like, and it, it, it's not like we're saying, oh, because this movie had a diverse cast, it's a good movie. No, I, I, I'm just saying I don't, I'm getting upset because, of, because films have diversity and it is just such a strange, uh, strange hill to die on. And yeah. even so, you know, like I, I like a movie like Guns Akimbo, but I also love Domino. You remember that movie from like, I think like 2009? <laughs> oh, I, I think it was earlier movie. than that, right? Um, yeah. Oh, I was just, yeah, yeah. I was Another yellow-tinted movie. movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, very yellow-tinted. I've been, I've been thinking I should revisit that because I really, really hated it at the time with all the, the way that it was edited and... Well, it's it's that. Well, no, I'm not going to put. It's that Tony Scott style of of editing and fast it was the, cuts it, and it was that eating up and whatnot. Yeah, it was the start of that for him, wasn't it? That and uh, didn't he do one of the BMW shorts or something also around the same time? I don't, I don't remember. I mean, it worked with Unstoppable. I guess yeah, that's he didn't do thing. it that much. He didn't do it that much yeah. in, in, in in Unstoppable. It bothered me on Man on Fire also, and yeah, that's one yes. where like yeah, yeah, everything well, about Fire it seems making, like Man on Fire was a movie I was thinking about when we were talking about Extraction. Obviously, you know, yeah, I thought, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, Domino came out in two thousand five. Tony Scott, yeah. screenplay by Donnie Darko's Richard Kelly. That's right. Um, <laughs> what I what I what I thought was interesting about that movie, and I've talked about the movie before, is just that it's based off a true story, maybe, of of a model actor turned bounty killer, soldier right. bounty hunter, soldier fortune, which I just think is is ultra fascinating, um, and you know Tony Scott's uh, Deja Vu is a movie that I that I re that I really think is great. Oh yeah, I haven't actually seen that one. Oh man, really? I haven't seen that movie in a long, since I worked at the I don't think since I worked at the video store, like right out of college. So it's been a long, a long time since I've watched that movie. Wow. wow Dude, that's that. a low key, that's a low key slapper, man. I really wow. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. Um I should- I should revisit some of those because it's always exciting to me when I see a movie that I used to hate and then start to like it, which I don't know if that'll happen, but. Well, yeah, you know, we were talking about extraction. I was thinking movies like, you know, Deadpool 2 or, or Black Jack or Logan, you know, or Man on Fire. It's like, I've got nothing to lose and I have to protect this kid <laughs> and and I have to learn about myself. It's like, were you saving me or was I saving you? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, it's a cliche, but it works a lot of the time. Again, give me that perfect apple. You know what I'm saying, guys? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, me, that's uh, Vern, fighting tournament sorry. movies. Yeah. For me, fighting oh. tournament movies are the apple. Exactly. I, you know, I, I don't think we asked you this on the last step. You're, you're the main person to ask this. So, something that since my teenage years have always irritated me. I'm wondering if you, maybe you have some thoughts that you can expand upon. Were you as frustrated as I was? So it's like they make the Street Fighter movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And it's literally not a tournament fighting movie. It's like the easiest <laughs> thing. It was like the it was the easiest layup in the world. And they changed every character story. They did all this like convoluted weird. It's like just it's like the quest, blood sport, kickbox. Well, I guess kickbox is not so much a term, but still, whatever. It's like it's right there. Like to this day, I can't think about the live action Street Fighter movie and not get slightly worked up because it was just I- like. Everything was right there. Like you had, you had, it's like you had one job. And uh, and also, uh, Raul Julia, it was his film. You know, uh, well known actor who brought, who was like one of the first people to bring a New York accent into Shakespeare. Revolutionary mm-hmm. act. Apparently, he was very excited about the original script of Street Fighter and was upset with all the changes that happened. And I remember when I was a kid, there was a car of Street Fighter that was much better oh, yeah. and I and also it had it had nudity in it and I remember uh, <laughs> like drawing over it so my mom didn't notice because I was because because there was like nudity in on the video cassette that I had gotten at this video store that was right next to Beat Street in downtown Brooklyn um, but you know uh, Yo, but Raul, Raul Julia, I was just gonna say real quick, Raul Julia killed that role. I don't know about a movie to go out on, but as far as a performance goes, he definitely had fun with that. And it was just but, like, I'm not mad that that's actually Raul Julia's last performance, last movie. You know that yes, story, absolutely. You know that story about he he knew that he was dying, and his kids loved the video game, and yep. he did it for them. I did not. I didn't know that. I knew he he must have known. Health-wise, yeah. but I, I didn't know it was like that. Oh man, I, I, I didn't. A know lot that. of uh, uh, when you see like quote unquote stage actors doing superhero movies or movies like that, it's often the case that they want they know that their kids want an action figure of their dad or mom, and I yeah. And another one is Frank Langella in Masters of the Universe. Yeah, he, he, he oh, did it yeah. for his. He did it for his kids, and then they. Uh, he, he was on some talk show or something. Told the story that he uh, he did it only for them, and then they fell asleep during the premiere. <laughs> oh shit! I didn't know that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know I, that I, I did. Kevin Kevin Smith is making a remake of He Man. Um, what? A cartoon. A cartoon. Oh 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 oh, yeah. oh oh oh. I don't know how much. I don't know how much. Uh, feature films he's going to be doing. I'm not trying to say too much about Kevin Smith. I'm so glad that he didn't die. I'm glad that he's back, that he's alive, that he's that he's making art. But, you know, his live action movies have, have been sort of tough. But <laughs> Vern, it would it would be we would be remiss to not talk about one of our favorite guys that we've talked about a little bit already uh scott atkins the act uh 
him and Michael J. White are the action guys, the 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 Western action guys that I just always gotta watch. You know, when when yeah. he, when him and him and Michael J. White played bad guys together in Triple Threat, that was that was interesting. That movie, it was like you have all the guys together. And of course, you know, like the traveling Wilburys, it's the sum of the parts, you know what I mean? But but it was still the, cool. It was good. Even Zhizhai Yanin has a little, yeah. little appearance where she, she got the spoiler. She had the best death, but she, she didn't get to be in it as much You're, as the others. You ain't wrong. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been pushing Marcus to see the deck collector for a while. Yeah. I thought I, I was one of those ones where, where like, oh, this movie is almost great. This movie has a heart. Not only does it have good action, it has interesting characters. It just it just missed the mark by a smidge. But so when got, I found out, sorry. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say I like it's got a little bit of like an Elmore Leonard kind of vibe to it a little bit, or like oh, definitely um, Pulp Fiction, not in a bad way where it's like copying Pulp Fiction, but just in that it's like these kind of low low ranking criminals in in LA and it's like parts of LA that you don't normally see all the time so it seems very more more like a little more true to life mm-hmm. because it's not the same stuff you see um but it's very funny and and you know lighthearted and I, I I I'm sorry were you I think I interrupted you a little bit no that's okay i mean I feel like I'm doing a lot of interrupting and, and we're here for, we're here. We're so excited to have you on the show. Um, you know, uh, I, I was just, when I realized I was a Scott Adkins freak and I just started watching all of his movies, I just, I just think he's a great, a great action star and the deck collector, you started seeing, I think the, the potential of these, this this turnaround. So when I found out they're making a sequel to Debt Collector that's coming out this year, I was I just I, I one I was like how, but Marcus, you did you like the Debt Collector? Absolutely, yeah, it was a, a fun movie. And even there, there was just like it's just a straight to the point movie. It's got the cool kind of cliches that that I like, and then even little details where from the start when um. I'm sorry. What, what, what's his first name again? Not, not Costas Mandalar. The Louis um, Mandalor's brother. Yeah, Louis Louis Mandalar. You know, I remember getting the sense like, okay, he's just going to be like the mouthpiece. But the fact that like he has hands also was a uh, was a nice little detail. Yeah. The fact that he could kind of throw and down. He, and he's a really former cool. he's a former B movie star. And you see the poster for his. Oh, that's right. Movie oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was yeah, like yeah, in yeah, some. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. in some movies that Scott Adkins could have been in. He, he was like in right, American yeah. Ninja Ninja Six, sort of, yeah, yeah. you know. And he has a story. And the, the so when I found out they were making a sequel, so I mean, this year alone from from Scott Atkins, we have at least the Debt Collector Two, Vigilante, and Legacy of Lies. And I would be I would be surprised if they don't make a sequel off Accident Man because that's based off of a comic book and. Uh, there's definitely potential to, for a sequel to Savage Dog, and there's also really potential for Avengement. Marcus, did you see Avengement? I did not. 
Judgment huh. is like the movie that Guy Ritchie's Ritchie wish he could have made. Huh. You know, Guy Ritchie's made some great movies, but this got this this is a you know a cold hard revenge story that I just really enjoy. I don't know why I'm shitting on directors today. I have no beef with Guy, Guy Ritchie. I don't even <laughs> Honestly, that's not. I think it's a very high compliment you gave him. I, it, it's it's better than I could that I could do. So now I'm the one shitting on directors. Well, I think the the interesting thing going on with Scott Adkins right now is he he blew up playing Boyka in Undisputed Two, and he did yeah. all these movies where he was so good at playing these characters that were very internal and kind of grunty and didn't didn't talk a whole lot. And you know we liked him having the Russian accent and or like. I liked Ninja a lot. Uh, oh, yeah, Ninja lot, 1. I but, didn't like Ninja 2. Oh, really? A lot, of, a lot of people are the other way where they prefer the second one uh, because I, it's I more kind of raw and he's kind of, it, it's just vengeance and everything. He's kind of, his presence in it is kind of stronger, but the tone is very yes. different from the first one. Yes, I just didn't like, I, I don't like women in refrigerator syndrome. I don't like when, when, when a whole plot device is just violence against women. So I, I yeah. thought, which does happen in action movies and lots of movies. So I was upset that they developed this nice relationship and that then to have his wife murdered at the beginning. Yeah. But yes, other than that, it was, it was a good movie. And yeah, uh, Boyka, I wish, I wish the Boyka, Boyka movie had a little more, Hard to, but that's what I'm saying. I think he's getting there. And you were saying something about yeah. about Ninja. Well, yeah, because he he he, we got to love him playing those type of characters. Those seem like his what he was best at. Uh, but then Accident Man is this movie that's like his passion project that he actually wrote with with uh, a childhood friend of his, based on a comic book that they grew up loving, and uh, Jesse V. Johnson directed it for him and when he I, I read that when he saw the script he was like are are you sure you want to do all this dialogue because he's he's narrating the whole movie in the first person and talking and quipping throughout it and they kind of debated whether he really wanted to do that and then and then you see in the movie that he's hilarious like he has great comic timing and he's like suddenly he's playing this character that's the total opposite that's talking constantly which goes against my instinct of what a good action hero is supposed to be like other than bruce willis i guess uh and but it just really works and so ever since then he's then like the debt collector and uh uh avengement are both movies where they really take advantage of him as as a verbal character and like it's there's not really another guy that came came in the footsteps of Jean-Claude Van Damme and those type of guys who who can do that. Mm-hmm. And I so, also, uh, the, yeah, it just shows that he's got legs and comedy. And the thing about Avengement, which I really recommend people watching, I think it's on Prime, is, you know, Scott Atkins plays this dude who's just trying to do right and then fucks up for doing a favor for his brother and then it's like sort of a revenge film, but also it takes place in a bar. It's, it's almost like, it's Scott Atkins' Hateful Eight, if you will. And so it's almost a play. 
It's yeah. almost a Shakespearean tragedy. It's of nature versus nurture of this man who had all this potential, but this bad decision and this this tragic flaw of trusting his brother that he had no reason to trust slowly turns him into this person he doesn't want to be. And then he's given a choice of uh, a moral dilemma. And and that's what I think is is really what I really liked about Avengement. And like you're saying, Vern, he's getting there. He's showing that he's more than just a physically talented person, that he's that he's got teeth. Yeah. And being physically talented would be enough for me. But he yes. happens to also <laughs> he happens to also have a lot more than that. Are the Sorry, what were you saying? Uh, he also did a really ridiculous one called Abduction that was, I think, a Roger Corman production with aliens and stuff. Yeah, that was that was not my favorite. Legendary <laughs> Legendary was rough as well. Oh yeah. You know, it's it there even 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 like Savage Dog, which I don't love. What I really like about that movie, which I've said many times, uh, spoiler alert and cover your ears, Marcus, is when like at the end of the movie, he just cuts out his enemy's kidney and takes a bite out but, of it. Yeah, that's amazing. He's just he's like a savage dog. He's a savage dog, and so I really think that the, that his movies take a look at nature versus nurture in a way that's very complicated. I really do. Um, what what action movies are you guys excited for this year? Oh, that are coming out. Yeah. Uh, or what did you like? What are we, the tops this year? What What's some stuff you like? Uh, let's see. There's one. Did you Did you see the Vietnamese movie Fury? No. Uh, no. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, I'm I'm terrible at pronouncing the name, but Veronica Ngo, uh, Ngo. Uh, she, you may know her from the beginning of The Last Jedi. She's the sister that gets blown up at the beginning, heroically. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but she's a Vietnamese action star. And I was unaware of her until seeing this movie, but it's a classic kind of uh, daughter kidnapped, has to rescue her kind of movie. And it's got a very, the action has kind of a Tony Jaw kind of like Ong Bak kind of feel to it of her running around, jumping over things and, um, really well done action, but also she's just a really good actress. So her, her emotions and how upset she is about trying to protect her daughter are really kind of moving to me. And I, I, I thought it was a really good one. Uh, I also really like Shadow. Did you see Shadow? Yes. What about you, Marcus? No. What's, what's that? It's a Zhang, Zhang Yimou film that came out last year. Oh, what am I talking about? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, 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 yeah the, I, no, no, no. I, 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 I didn't see it, but I saw generic the generic title. I, I but about. yeah. What did you think of that, Scott? I, I enjoyed it. I'm sorry, my head, my head got lost in a second. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I just, I got a, I got a text message from someone about some unrelated something that I. <laughs> That I need. That'd be to... cool if it was if it was about Shadow. No, that would be that would be hilarious if someone was just like, "Hey, man, what do you think about Shadow? Like, I get in trouble sometimes 
this Vern, because um, like I just put out a record and and my my label guy was like, hey, what do you what think the bio for your artist bio should be? And I just wrote a description of the movie Ghost Dog. <laughs> I love Ghost Dog. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Sure. So so sometimes it's just like I just I get I've been it's saying so hard to talk about myself, you know? Yeah. And also Fury and Shadow are both on Netflix. So um Well, I know that, that's what a good I'm watching thing. tomorrow. Another one that really excited me in the last few months or whenever I saw it was Detective D the the Four Heavenly Kings. The third of the Detective D series. Do you know those ones? I don't. I, 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 I'm I not don't. even going to pretend like I do. I don't. <laughs> well, Detective D is, uh, I saw it as being sort of like the Hong Kong version of Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes movie, where it's like a big, expensive uh, uh, action kind of special effects mystery kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there's and then they they made they made that several years ago and then there was Young Detective D that was a prequel, and then this one is the is the sequel to the prequel, uh, but the it's the best one and it's got crazy like, uh, it's the got heaven, like a, the four heavenly kings. Yes, dude, that shit Netflix, dude, dude, you just gave, I we have a lot of good exciting things to watch, my man. Well, this is a, a period martial arts movie that has giant has a giant uh, white gorilla with a Buddhist monk that rides around on his back, and a giant goldfish that flies around, and a, a golden god with eyeballs in between his flaps of skin, uh, and and uh, uh, an old hunchback lady that jumps around on rooftops, and uh, those are all minor characters, but. It's, yeah, I mean, uh, you've, you've piqued all of my interests. That's um, what I thought. And, you know, my one another thing that I've been really excited is is friend of the show, Carlo, sent me uh, legally a copy of Johnny 2's Johnny uh, Throwdown. Oh, is that the... Judo. It's like about judo, okay. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that. And you know, before before we start to slow things down, you know, Vern, you've been writing film criticism for twenty years. That is true. That's so, like, that's so exciting. What what is it like to, you know, been writing about a passion of yours since since pretty much early internet, and still doing it, still going strong, still writing. Uh, do you still have a Patreon? I do. Yes. So yeah. w- uh, would you like to say to our listeners what your Patreon is? <laughs> I think it's Patreon backslash Outlawvern. If you search for mm-hmm. Outlawvern, it will come I'm up. Gonna, I'm going to link to it. But what's yeah, it I'm like? A- uh, you know, I the reason why we, a reason I wanted to have you on, it just took us a little while to get there, was the fact that I wanted to celebrate 20 years of Vern, you know, I really appreciate you and what you do for the, for, for, for cinema. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, it's, it's kind of cool to have a 20 year archive of reviews and I always link 
to an old review whenever I mention a movie. And uh, sometimes I'll find that I'm embarrassed of what I wrote in, in like 2002 or whatever when I first saw it. And sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll think that I was a lot funnier back then uh, when, I, when I read the old reviews. Um, well, also, I think the nice thing about being a human and not being a non-nuanced robot is our, our ideas change. We grow. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I really like that, too. It's, it's really, like I mentioned before, uh, sometimes I'll see, I'll rewatch a movie and totally change my opinion on it. And then sometimes I'll write a new piece on it. And that's, that's one of the things I love about movies, really, that you're, the way that changes in your life change the way that you react to the movie and you know, yeah, maybe you're, you know, maybe you've evolved as a person or maybe you've just experienced things that make it, make it more personal to you or whatever. Yeah. You never know. You know, I, I've, I've read, I, you know, the first time I read Catcher in the Rye, I hated it. The second time I read it, it, I read it. I liked it. The third time I read it, I loved it. And the same thing is with movies and records, things that, you know, might not strike you at some place. We change, we grow you know, um, or sometimes people are just, you know, decidedly wrong. Like when Glenn Kenny and Rolling Stone gave Midnight Marauders two stars when it came out. <laughs> sometimes. Did he really? Yeah. He went, I didn't, I didn't know that he did music reviews. Yeah. Yeah. He, he does. Yeah. Oh, I like his stuff. I mean, you know, he's, we have, we have some mutual friends. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That's interesting. Oh. Yeah, uh, you know, famously said the music still has its beguiling moments, but nothing approaches the revelatory jazz stylings and laid back cool of past work. Sadly, the skizzy Midnight Marauders suggest that at this point, the band might more accurately be called a tribe called Flounder. Wow, <laughs> holy sh Wow. So sometimes people are wrong. I'm sure, I'm sure this person regrets that. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, after our Widows episode, I'm thinking about going back and doing another long-form write-up on Widows from the perspective of, like, yeah, I don't think I like this movie like I thought I did when, when I wrote this a couple years ago. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I haven't rewatched it. I loved it at the time. That's the thing I did. I rewatched it, and I was like, oh. Because when I wrote the initial review, it was, like, 24 hours after seeing it at, at TIFF. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like Steve McQueen, and I thought this movie, like, don't get me wrong, Widow still has some has some really, really cool moments, but overall, it's like, oh, yeah, this isn't very good. And I, I kind of realized that somewhat recently. Hello? Yeah. Oh. I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I just, yeah, I mean, Widow's didn't really catch me when I saw it. It doesn't really <laughs> catch but you know when we when we went we famously we stopped recording episodes after immediately watching movies because I don't have enough time to even think about it, and we you know I remember we watched Hereditary and immediately made an episode and I don't even remember what I said about it, but it's definitely different from what I think about it now and I also now don't watch horror movies late at night because I get I get nightmares. <laughs> no, I'm still the same on it. It was fine. 
I went back and I, I, I re-listened to our episode after we, we had a, a former guest who, you know, gave us a, 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 a I, I don't mean this in a bad way. She gave us a hard time about some of what we said about Hereditary. So I went back, I re-listened to that episode. I re- I've re-watched Hereditary a couple of times and I'm still like, it's, it's fine. I mean, I meant what I said initially. So Let me ask you a question about Hereditary. Do you consider it to be funny? Mm. It has little moments where it's kind of trying to do the like dark, quirky humor, but overall, no. This, this is a, I'm hung up on this because uh, when I saw it, it was like opening day or around there. It was a big crowd, and there were I thought it was a really funny movie, and the crowd was laughing at many, many parts. Um, and it's just a very, it's a very dark humor, but it's, but I, I felt it was there. And I got, I had so many people arguing with me, like on, online, insisting that it's not supposed to be funny. And I was laughing at the movie and that hmm. the people were laughing at the movie. And, and uh, an example I, I, I give when I, when I get in arguments about this is, is the scene where the husband, uh, finds her building the model of the accident scene and thinks that she's crazy and she thinks he's crazy for having a problem with it. She's like, and she's saying like, it's a very accurate depiction of the, of the accident scene. And like, clearly that's a funny scene, right? Like, how could that not be? That is a funny scene. Also, I think, (laughs) I think, you know, good, good movies and serious movies should have some laughter in it. I've I've said this before, but like my biggest issue with the movie, I think it's twenty three grams. Is that the NRE two movie? Twenty two. Oh, twenty one grams. Twenty one grams. Is that that movie has not one joke? And if it had maybe just like a little bit of levity, it would have been not as uh, painful a watch. Mm. And, yeah. Also, some, also, who who are we to tell people what taste you're supposed to have and what you're supposed to find funny? I when I went to, to see, yeah. don't tell me how I'm supposed to react. That's why I don't watch. I don't watch trailers, and I never, I never make a decision whether I'm going to watch a movie or not based off of what someone tells me, unless someone like Marcus or Mtume or Shaka King say, Scott, don't. Otherwise, don't tell me how I'm supposed to feel. When I went to see Punch Drunk Love, people in the theaters were getting mad at me because I could I basically laughed for two thirds of the movie. Because I, I just it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, uh, interesting thing. Vern, interesting thing with that. You lost me again. Your mic is starting to to do the thing but we're recording in zoom so if you want to just plug it in and plug it out real quick and i think we're going to start wrapping it up anyway because i i need to eat dinner is it going um, now oh, oh yeah, yeah it's good it's now perfect okay. what, were, what were you about to say Vern? oh the 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 interesting thing to me about that having that argument is one, one of the people only one but one one person that i had argued with about that after Midsummer came out, told me that they now agreed with me that they understood Ari Aster's sense of humor after seeing Midsummer, and they now agreed with me that 
Yeah, the, the the stuff in Midsommar is way more obvious, like the even dark whatever. Yeah. Like the, the humor there is is very much, and and that's interesting. Yeah, going back to check out Hereditary. Oh, I I I, I get that. Yeah, and also it's just like that too, just really destroying families. But yeah. um, <laughs> and and I'm really I'm not really into that. You know, I like my family. I love my family. You know. Marcus and I really love this this show on Netflix that's like a sketch comedy show and jokes about this one sketch where this character Paul loves his mother-in-law, you know? Um, what's the name of that show, Marcus? Oh, yeah, I, I think you should leave. I think you should show leave. Ever. Yes, that you know, is a great like, show. It's like, you probably love your mother-in-law. Like that's a bad thing, but Marcus. <laughs> and my response really, always, it's like I love Vic. I love Victoria like, very, very much. My my partner's mom, like, listens to the podcast. Like Marcus's mother-in-law listens to the podcast. Like, yeah, they're like invested. Like they're really supportive. So the, so this narrative that like oh your mother-in-law is 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 somehow a bad thing is I'm not with that. Even though Same. that sketch is hilarious. And, you know, a car really should be stinky, you know. <laughs> uh, Vern, do you have anything you'd like to say before before we close out the show? Uh, I should mention that I, that I wrote a horror novel that I'm hoping to publish very soon. Yeah, I was wondering if you're going to bring this up. Uh, I was wondering if you're going to bring this up or not. Uh, yeah, I've been working on it for a long time. And then I, since I've been... Locked up in the apartment, I realized I was going to feel like a, a total idiot if I didn't finish it now. Uh, so I've been working on it, and I have it done, and I'm just, I, I've got someone working on a cover for it, and I'm hoping to publish it in the near future. It's called Worm on a Hook, and it's kind of taking my, uh, my love of slasher movies and combining it with my love of like 80s and 90s action movies. So I'm trying to go for a like the tone of Friday the 13th part two along kind of crossed with commando and blood sport and things like that. And so I tried to figure out a way to combine all these, all these tropes that I like from two seemingly very different genres into one kind of kick-ass story. And I'm very happy with it. So I hope that, I hope that I can get some people to read it and that they will like it too. I mean, I'm sold. I've, I own many of your books that that log line was enough for me our our friends at 26 days of horror bradley j cornish or whatever is going to be so excited to hear about this i'm gonna i'm so excited don't you think marcus absolutely um and you know as i i'm in grad school finishing finishing a degree in social work and i i hope that your book is out soon enough that that could be my first non-social work read <laughs> I'll, get, I'll try uh, i'm very excited to read it Vern. i can't tell you how much of an honor it is for you to be on the show for a first time for a second time you're welcome back whenever uh you know you're a true inspiration to us absolutely thank you i always love talking to you guys okay, I didn't get, you're always I, you're always welcome I didn't get to quiz you about any wrestling things, but we can do that Dude, next time. Dude, have next you been time. watching Dark Side? Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, you got to watch Dark Side of the Ring. And, and even if you don't have a Vice, they, like all the episodes are on YouTube for free. This season What's two the is by far. Oh, season the two, be- Star, Star Wars, Star Chris Benoit. Chris okay. Benoit. It's a two-parter. Yeah. That sounds two-parter upsetting. Two-parter excellent. It, okay. it, it's it is definitely upsetting. upsetting. And then like the next, the next subject, it's a little lighter. And then the next one isn't. So, like it, it's very up, up and down. Like the last, like this most recent one, the one that played yesterday was about the time John Stossel got slapped by uh, Dr. Oh D. yeah. I wanted yeah, to watch that. Whole, yeah. Yeah. Was that a good one? It's this, in my opinion, it's the second yeah. best one after the Benoit one. See, I didn't oh, yeah, know the Dino, turn- I didn't even know Dino Bravo had been killed. I saw the, Opening yeah, that. Canadian mob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you know, John Stossel was just like, "Hey, mustaches and libertarianism," and then got smacked in the face. Yeah. <laughs> this is nothing, the Jimmy Snuffle one is a little problematic, but we don't have time to to, to go into that. I, I think. Okay. That, that, yeah, that, I just want to say not to say not to say that there's anything wrong with mustaches. I'm mustachioed <laughs> right now, and libertarianism is a little more complicated than just smacking John Stossel. We have a couple fans of the show that are libertarians and I'd love to have them on and, and understand their mind a little bit more. Cause and why not? not? No, definitely not. I think if you have to slap someone cause you don't like their views, unless they're being violently racist, then, 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 you know, where have we come to, you know, what should, what this country should be about is being able to, to disagree with people. And it's like, if you don't like the speech, then come up with good speech to, to that speech sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Am I, am I totally off base here? No. Nope. If you were, we would have slapped you. <laughs> and, and that, you know, look, look, Vern, if you want to slap me in the name of art, I, I understand come back i'm gonna come back with the heat and when me and marcus come back with that heat when we come through with the zebra energy stamping by like the power of thousand sons burn this will be not the first time that a wrestler has threatened to hurt you that's true because call (laughs) back to the last time you were here when uh (laughs) you told us the story of the director of chaos threatening to threatening to fight you that's true. That did happen. <laughs> Who made that ridiculous movie with uh, Rob Van Dam and Stormy Daniels and Batista? And, and Dave Batista. It's not that ridiculous. It's pretty good. I mean, that is ridiculous. The movie is ridiculous. Ridiculous isn't isn't a value judgment. Sure. Shout out to Wrong Side of the Town. Yeah, Wrong Side of Town. It's just a weird movie. All right, <laughs> Vern. I hope you're safe it's always beautiful to talk to you please come back on whenever you want to maybe when the book is out if you want to do a little promo okay please. that'd be great yeah please i would love to never forget the time when i battled shack diesel or me and jolie had that big breakfast with tim wiggle or we were vegetarian all we had was jar nar spicy ass peppers like we only study copper Got new pair of Janera. Got new style like I read Carol. Had a bad dream like Trilogy of Terror. Days is right there for you in my Janera. Standing right there, pull the car up. Just pull the car up. The city's cold in the winter, so get over the winter cold. 
On one hand, I'ma focus on the focus, focus. With my eyes open, not closed. Sometimes I get concerned with Julie and how things are going with us on the road. All that time selling stuff gets old. Eventually the cold pass is giving us another spring. Some more time downtown. Dormer town, bungalow, roof, wrong song. Sometimes I watch the ghost or think about life's long times. Life's long times. Got a couple bennies hidden. Crack over door, go to bed. It's past two though. It's past two. The days, days, Kenny Dennis made people. Lit the weapon one Christmas last year, Christmas time. Some things been bugging me out, got things on the days, my got things. Concerned Julian this whole spring, when weeds climb, it's coming up. Riggs put the choke on, Gary Busey fell. Uh, hadn't had a good rest for sometimes, well, weeks. I got some bennies in, good rinse to the do. Good rinse to the J.U. All that time selling gets you. New pair of Janera, charismatic, Irene Kara, out, new name. Sometimes take the red train up, power, get a perspective change on things. High is low. Never forget the time when I battled Shaq Diesel. Or me and Julie had that big breakfast with Tim Weagle. Or we were vegetarian, all we ate was Jardinara. Spicy ass peppers like we only study Capoeira. Got new pair of Janera. Got new style like Irene Cara. Had a bad dream like Georgie and Tara. The days is right there for you in my Janera. Standing right there, pull the car up. Just pull the car up. Snow cover up the ice a little, Nike hiking boots. They red, infrared. They look infrared, should probably try to go to bed. Pop, pop the ghost shader in. The holidays, man, lethal weapon, don't know where the Benny's in. Fresh out of DU, PU, this train stinks. Like when I pumped in the shack, I was too scared to think. Shaved off the stash, so I was feeling a little pink red. Past two, need to go to bed, the DU's gone. Time selling gets old, tell you. Be honest with you, just trying to defend my fam. Pops, Pops had the biggest stash, made the biggest splash around town. Shaved off the stash, turned me tickle pink. The door's gone. Got a couple pennies heading round town. <laughs>